You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you to let that trauma of being forced into doing these sports that you really loathe, that were so not who you are, prevent you from trying a light walking class where there's no one, you know, kick Crystal out of the room where the tread or the bike is and, you know, <laughs> just do something where you don't sweat. Like, just start out really light. Just do 10 minutes of, you know, walking at a 2.0 pace and see what you actually think separate from your parents, separate from the messages that you got to see, is this something that is horrible as I thought, especially if it could lead to better health and living a longer time. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 141. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. And we're cold. <laughs> it's cold. Well, it's cold. We got new windows yes, in the house. So, which, so they have been open all day. So the windows have been open all day. <laughs> and so it's cold because we live in the Midwest. And it's <laughs> snowing right now. Yes. It's, of course, it was like, it was, it was almost 50 yesterday. Right. But not win- today. Yeah. That's how you know you're old, man. I know. We're so excited about windows. windows and they, that, that changed the look of our house not one bit. Not one bit. Because it's the exact same kind of window. Right. They're just better. Right. And so, but we were like, <laughs> Woo! yay, it's window day. <laughs> so we're a million years old. Yep. We haven't been this excited since we got a new washer and dryer. Mm. It's a little peek behind the scenes to the crazy life that we live. I don't know. I think I was more excited about the tread and the bike and the tonal. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been more excited since okay, we that's got fair. washer and dryer. That's fair. <laughs> so I guess speaking of all that stuff, what do you got in store for people? Well, we have a long overdue visit from the Prophet, oh. the Peloton Prophet. So we are going to hear from them. Uh, we also are going to talk about several changes that are coming from Peloton. Uh, there's some stuff about challenges. There's some stuff that's we're going to have an update on the lawsuit. We're going to talk about some different things going on with the in, different instructors. 
and new content. I think that's about it. Okay. I mean, it's just those kinds of things. Awesome. Well, uh, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts where you can go there and uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, it's important to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And uh, you can also leave reviews for us at Facebook if you want it, facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. <laughs> you are quoted today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know when I've been saying the same thing too long and I'm supposed to freshen it up when people are like saying it back to me. It's one thing when they say back things that could maybe be considered clever, but then <laughs> they're like, join the page, like the group. Yes. <laughs> well, if nothing else, you know that your mind melding is yes, taking over. Just like erosion, just a little drip, drip, drip until they finally, finally <laughs> also, do it. Also, it's Peloton. So we say it right. We had somebody bitching about that from an episode from three years ago. Yeah. So, okay. It was prior to multi-million dollar ad campaigns, and we lived in the Midwest. And, and then they went and gave us a bad review yeah. because of it. Oh, my God. Grow uh, up. Well, would you like to hear a good review? I would. Yay. That will, that will confuse you. Okay. This is from Marshall Spevick. Oh. and uh, Mar- I recognize that name, actually. Mar- Marshall says, Best place for Peloton news. The clip out is a mainstay for my hour long commute to work. I get to catch up on my Peloton news while getting a laugh from the great banter between Crystal and Tom. Thanks for all you do to keep the Pelo world informed and in check. Leaderboard name Marshall and NJ. Two stars. <laughs> Where did we go wrong? I Marshall? don't understand. <laughs> that was such a great review. Why two stars? <laughs> so, uh, so but thank you. For the I was like, words. "Where's the confusing yeah, part?" Oh, okay. there it is. Yeah, there okay. it is. <laughs> so, uh, also, don't forget we have a website. New one coming soon. We do uh, theclipout.com. You can go there and you can sign up for our newsletter, where you'll get a weekly ish news. Letter <laughs> with all of the show notes and uh, links to the things we talk about and that sort of thing. So there, there we go. Uh, I guess uh, let's dig in, shall we? Yes. It's time for news of the Peloton. So Peloton has announced that you can have challenges. <laughs> yes. Within their ecosystem app thing. And it always ha- yes okay so I feel like people are really confused about why this is a big deal. I am. I could tell. Unconfuse me. I will. So here's the deal. If Prior you do it to right, to- <laughs> I'll leave you a two star review. <laughs> Poor Marshall, <laughs> which makes me sad because we just lost our Marshall. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about it like that. Oh, so it makes a- me sad to talk about Marshall today. If we get a new dog, I say we name him Spivik. <laughs> We're not getting a new dog. No, you I should agree. even say that. In- Sydney is in the house; she oh. might hear us. Okay, never mind. Okay, so anyway, back to this challenges. So prior to this week, what you did for a challenge was you go to your bike, you go to your treadmill, and you opt in to the challenge. Okay, so anytime you take a class, whether it be digital or on your bike or tread. And it fits the parameters of that challenge. Right. You get credited toward it. And if you want to see how you're doing, you go to the challenges tab on your bike or tread to see how you're doing. So today, what they announced is that now (laughs) you can look at it on your app and see what your progress is. That's. Oh. That's what it was. It's not like you can build your own challenges. No. No. Things like that. Also, I just want to clarify. If you have the iOS app. (laughs) 
you can look at it because fuck android apparently and yeah i'm bitter about it it's been a year since they've updated it so you know i love peloton peloton you know i love you but come on please with the freaking android or at least say why like i get that things are more complicated but like like a timeline a roadmap i'm a project manager i need details so that was the big deal and you can now see it on the web so you could pull it up on your browser and you can look at it there so, as Gina Mitchell would say, well, you can look at it on your Android phone on the browser. Thanks, Gina. <laughs> that is true. I could. She's but like, I would like to use it within the app that I pay the same price for. <laughs> she's like, you can come over to your ho- to my house and look at my phone. <laughs> I would love that. I wish she lived closer. I would do that every day. You were kind of becoming Mrs. Maisel there for a second. I did? Yeah. How did I do that? How you were like, like when she just gets mad at her parents and she's like, you know I love you, but oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching too much Mrs. We Maisel. have Yeah I, I, you almost were like But Peloton you're a minch <laughs> <laughs> So uh, There was an interesting article in Billboard or on Billboard It used to be a magazine I guess it maybe still is I, It's a website now Yeah it's definitely a website But uh, some updates in the music lawsuit Yes. So thank you to Fred Wachter for submitting this article because, you know, I do my my checks at nine o'clock in the morning. I missed this one. It, gotcha. didn't, it wasn't done. So uh, Peloton's head of music talks on fitness phenoms, stellar growth, despite copyright lawsuit. That is a long title. That is a long title. But great for SEO optimization. So I hear you guys. I know what you're doing. I get why you're doing it. <laughs> So they talk about in this article, it's really an interview. And what they did is they interviewed the head of music and they talk about kind of a little bit of the background, like Peloton's doing so great, but hey, they have this lawsuit that you guys have all heard about because we've talked about a million times. If you haven't, Peloton's being sued and it's up to $300 million and it's by not actually the musicians, it's by the publishing, some like three publishing companies, I believe, for specific songs, not for artists. So they talked to, let's see, Paul DeGuyer, which I don't know that I'm saying that correctly. It's goo like G-O-O. So I'm sorry if I'm not saying his name correctly. They interviewed him. They talk about what is music's role in relation to the Peloton experience. And he talks about the fact that it was kind of tough because they have all these people who are coming to listen to music. But they're not coming to listen to specific music. Right. So that's one thing you have to take into consideration. And he talked about how songs are acquired and they're selected, which I think a lot of us know. But just in case you don't, they use a proprietary system called Crescendo and it's their in-house streaming service. They use tools that they are able to search for the music. So it's around beats per minute, the duration of the song, things like that, that that they can create their own library. Each instructor can create their own library. And some of the instructors, he goes on to say, are like DJs and they have Five music supervisors who are assigned to each instructor. So they're generally connected at the hip in terms of, hey, I heard the song, but it doesn't seem to be in the system. And he says, sometimes they'll go out and get that song. And sometimes there's a song they may already have the rights for, but we haven't turned it on. I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Why would you not turn all of them on? Like every single song that we have rights to turn it on. Like, I don't even know why that's. But there's got to be a reason. Right. I I I don't know what that reason is. So. They say that they have a good handle on what their members want and like and what they're asking for, which I'm sure some of our members would disagree with. 
And they pay a lot of attention to make sure that they're not playing the same stuff over and over again. Again, I think there's some people that would disagree with that. Right. It's uh, honestly, this is the exact same complaint that radio stations. Absolutely. Get. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and have for 70 years. And one of the questions they ask, is there any directive for instructors to promote certain songs? Absolutely not was the answer. Like unequivocally, no. He says they choose their own. We don't promote anything, musically speaking. That's not the nature of our relationship with our members. They're already paying $39 a month on the hardware tier to have this experience. They don't need us selling anything. Now, having said that, we know the right song for the right moment drives a nice network effect. And they talked about the Lady Gaga class that they had recently. And he talked about how it's already over 100,000 plays. Wow. And, And this was four or five days later. And he said, so if 100,000 people are tagging those nine songs for their Peloton playlist, then we know our community is going to go nuts for it on our social stuff. And to us, that's a win. So he talks about that. I'm not going to read through all of these. I think you guys should go check it out. But they talk about a lot of things related to the lawsuit. So you can find this in your newsletter. You will get it delivered to you. I promise I'll do it this week. I did it last <laughs> week. And that's a great way to find it. You can also find it at facebook.com slash the clip out. Very interesting stuff. And again, thanks, Fred. So uh, I think we've talked about it once or twice, but I, I see lots of things for it on Facebook. The Thera gun. Yes. Uh, I wish I had one. Do you? I do. Because it's like a gun and it like massages your muscles, you know, and it like like if you were using a they knuckle, can't see you. I know I'm using it for you. You're like grinding your hand and making a face. And I'm like, you know, this is a podcast. If right? you were to use like your knuckles to dig into your muscles to like relax them like a deep tissue massage. Right. That's what a Theragun does. Gotcha. And I understand that they're amazing. Every time I see the. The ad for it with that big thing like I'm like do, 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 is do, this do. part is this go along with the O seat? <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it sounds like Emma Lovewell is going to be. She has been showing up in their ads. Yes, she's been showing. Uh, actually, what she was doing was like on an Instagram paid ad. You know that it was a partner kind of thing where she was talking about the Theragun and all of its wonderful benefits. And it was a paid ad, so good for Emma. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that you will only see more and more of that. Oh, yes. I, I mean, Definitely. The Peloton instructors are, are like uh, professional athletes. I mean, you could make the argument that they are. They are. I'm not trying yeah. to be dismissive of their achievements. but You but mean in comparison it, to a, like NFL or a- right. NBA. Yes, like, like the, in terms of endorsement deals. And I think you're only going to see more and more of it. So I absolutely agree. So Apple Watch had a... An interesting announcement this week. They did. And I included it because I thought it would be interesting to all of... I mean, we have so many iPhone users, Apple users. (laughs) And Apple released a thing. It's going to be new connected gyms program that you can use with your Apple Watch. So if you go to like certain gyms such as Basecamp, Crunch Fitness, Orange Orange Theory, or YMCA, you can use your watch, your Apple Watch, and it will pull in certain information. For example, having an Apple Watch will get you discounts when you buy stuff there. So if you use Apple Pay, you could book classes on their Apple Watch, get discounts for actually working out. And Crunch Fitness, for example, they said can save three to four dollars a week on their membership bill if you meet certain workout goals each month. Hmm. Uh, So they're finding all these ways to like connect with gyms. And I found that interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know where it's going to go. I kind of think it's one of those things that like they put out there. It doesn't get a lot of buzz because I think it's just too complicated. People have too many memberships, too many things they got to monitor and do. But I will say, though, if you have an Apple Watch, this is a good one because it's just going to you're wearing it. It's just going to know you're there and it's going to do it automatically. Right. Well, I don't know if it's automatically. I didn't read every single detail of this, but I suspect you got to go in and do something to connect it. It's not just going to like you walk into the gym and it knows you're here. and It knows you did this. So I don't know. That's a good question. Because I mean, all your fitness things, it just kind of knows that you're running now. Right. Like it doesn't. You don't have to say I'm running now. But I think you have to be in that gym. Okay, running doesn't count, right? If I was doing it here and I had an Apple Watch, that wouldn't count. Right. I got to be at Crunch Fitness or at Orange Theory. That's. I was just thinking like it probably connects to their Wi-Fi and it knows. I don't know. We're making stuff up though. Yeah, that's that's just it. Yeah. We don't know. But it's intriguing. It is. I I think it'll I think it definitely will be interesting. And I think I think that it's cool that you would have the ability to buy things when you're there. You know, you just use your watch and you could get food or water or whatever. I mean, I don't go to a gym, so it doesn't matter to me. But I I think for people that there's such a love of Apple within our community. Yeah, I felt like it was an interesting turn. And it just kind of makes you wonder if Peloton will do anything like that. Hmm. Like. Like, get added to Apple's list. Gotcha. But what would you... I don't know. I mean, if it could work with the treadmill, if it could work with the bike, if you could work within their studio. I mean, there's lots of applications. I was just thinking, because my first thought was it seemed kind of discount-driven. Like, oh, while you're there, you save, you know, 10% at the smoothie bar or whatever. But it's like, that wouldn't have wide application for Peloton since you're at your house. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and maybe that's why they connected with the people they did. I don't know. Yeah, but you totally. would think that you could do it within the stores. There's there's Peloton stores all over if if it was going to go that route. Okay, but that's if fair. It's, but if it's about how many times a week you work out, you you know what I'm saying? Like I think yeah. there's I think there's applications that they could use. I, yeah. But I don't know that they want to work together, so it doesn't even matter. There I just, is that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting related article. Probably not. My guess is Somewhere in an Apple dungeon, they're building a bike right now. (laughs) Seems like the sort of thing Apple does. I don't know. Another Emma Lovewell story. Yes. She was mentioned. What is the name of the Telegraph? So this is a UK site, the Telegraph. And Emma was mentioned in it to talk about like different places that you should go in New York, kind of like her go to places for fitness related things. And so when I say things, I mean like she had a place that she suggested for acupuncture. She had a place that she suggested for matcha, you know, that kind of thing. So it's very related to what she does every day, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't like go here for this kind of workout, go here for this kind of workout. I had a little bit of that, but it wasn't just that. So um, again, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but it was a great article and you can get that in your newsletter and it is a paid ad but you can get it for free like you can read most of it for free if you don't have if you're not reading a ton of telegraph articles right if you're on the telegraph all the time then like it wouldn't open for me i guess i've must have clicked through on different articles but if you're on there that much then give me your money yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then trying to continue my little streak i found an article yes yes you did about How exercise reduces anxiety and makes you feel more connected. Which is perfect this week, given who we're talking to, Dr. Jen Mann. That is true. And so I think this is very timely, Tom. It's probably why it was on your mind. It just popped up on Washington Post. Oh, okay. That's who I give my money to. (laughs) So tell us all about it. Oh, I didn't read it. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> I just sent it to you. Well, you're no longer on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here, this looks like a thing. And your, I sent it your off. Your roll is over. Damn it. It came to a complete <laughs> stop. I didn't expect you just put me on. On blast like that Or you're just like Yeah talk about it What? You do that to me All the time And then you'll ask Some obscure question Like But in 1969 How did they handle it? I don't freaking know <laughs> Google that shit Oh man It's like the Smothers Brothers When they're doing Their folk songs Take it No but No you have to take it It's a folk singer tradition oh. Well as I'm perusing it, It's a lot of the things that we have talked about on multiple occasions on the podcast in that it, you can use exercise as a mental health tool. So, you know, it's the endorphins. It gets you moving and makes you feel good. And that is all affected by what's going on in your brain. So from a mental health perspective, if you have all the chemicals doing what they're supposed to do in your brain, in theory, you're going to be happier. So exercise helps you do that. Well, I'm already really happy. And with not much anxiety, so I'm good then, right? Mm, I don't know. I don't think that that's true. That's let's let's hear what Doctor Jen has to say oh, about it. Man, <laughs> does she give me the what for? <laughs> if you're the sort that normally bails on the interviews, you, you <laughs> this, might not, you might want to stick you around. Might stick around for this one. <laughs> it's like a game of cat and mouse. <laughs> It talks about your exercise can make your brain more sensitive to joy. It makes you brave. Let's see what else it's got in here. Moving with others builds trust and belonging. So you do need to exercise. Trying I trust. <laughs> what are you saying? I don't belong? <laughs> Trying a new activity can transform your self-image. And that's all. Okay. So fascinating article. Also will be included in your newsletter. And uh, I found it. And Tom found it, but did not read it. But I found it. But did not read it. But I found it. So the next one <laughs> just says, Oliver Injured? Yeah. Well, I don't know a lot about it because uh, I'm since I got this new job, I'm just not doing as good of a job keeping up with everything. So I'm sorry. This is a uh, little... Yeah, you're putting me on blast, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I do know that Oliver is injured and he is not able to teach as many classes right now. I don't think he's teaching running classes at all. I don't know if he's doing strength classes. Gotcha. But he's not teaching running classes while he recovers. He's okay. He's going to be fine. But, you know, an abundance of caution. You want to take it easy. So, yeah. uh, so if you're not sure why Oliver hasn't been teaching classes, that is why. Gotcha. You are now up to date. There's no dark, deep secret. No. Just some sort of workout injury. injury. Yeah. yeah. Dennis Morton has a uh, a new series. Yes, we have another signature series. I'm just saying every instructor is getting one. Yes, of these, I can tell. Okay, so this one I'm really excited about. It is called Reset. It is a bike to mat class. So on one day, they're going to do a bike class. On another day, they're going to do a mat class. Now, for all you guys that take every single class live that you do, you need to switch it up for this because... I was listening. Uh, Dennis did an actual like Facebook live and he talked about it or a video that he posted to Facebook. Don't right. know if it was live. And he talked about the fact that like this is the theme, the music selection, everything is put together in such a way that they go together. So he would really like for everybody to take them back to back, even though they take place on two different days. Gotcha. So I think it's really cool. I like that they're doing more stuff like this. It's all about mobility, being aware of your body. Perfect. Love it. He's like a chef. <laughs> yes. Like there's no salt and pepper on the table. He they figured it out back there. <laughs> do what they say. Do what I tell you to do. 
Remember when I asked for ketchup the one time? I do. And they were so mad at me. Oh my god! And I was like, "But what you brought me has French fries." Yeah, and like, like, I'm like, I think you were the only person in that restaurant that had ever ordered French fries. Well, is the problem? Don't put it on your menu. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I understand chefs get really weird about that, but. I'm sorry It's not like you were asking for A1 to put on the steak Yeah well like french fries are a ketchup delivery system <laughs> Especially for you It's not weird <laughs> for our Canadian listeners Ketchup is like sugary gravy Do they not know Do they not, No they, I'm kidding I was they, like what are you talking about no, they, they have ketchup, ketchup is, We were but, in Canada they, they have put, ketchup They put gravy on their And I don't understand that at all you, I, didn't, I don't either Then I ate it and then it was delicious. Oh, oh you did eat that. Holy I forgot. Crap. Yeah, that, that did not look appealing to me. It doesn't but, look appealing. But it tastes great. But holy crap. <laughs> They're geniuses. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Oh. No wonder they have socialized medicine. They gotta have cholesterol <laughs> and they gotta take out all the gravy. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so it's the Americans that don't that aren't right, fat, right? right? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> This make you wonder why they're not worse because all they're because they know how to do portion control. We do not. Not the fries they serve me, but okay. <laughs> they must have known I was American by my surly attitude. So, uh, Mirror is offering meditation classes. Mirror now is offering meditation classes. That is correct. Don't you close your eyes when you meditate? Yeah. Don't really need a mirror for that, do you? No. Just but throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, just <laughs> but you can hear the instructor through your mirror device. OK, so I'm just trying to keep up with all the different things. No, and I, all know. The different... I just thought it was funny that it's like, here's this big, giant, fancy but mirror. But you still see the instructor in front of you. Don't look at it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And the, but they're still offering uh, steep discounts. It sounds yeah, like. they're still doing like Black Friday type pricing and they have like. On sale until the end of January They get free shipping and a bunch of other stuff Like it's it's a pretty big And three months free of their Subscription too yeah. so I really think that I feel I mean I'm not buying anything because I think I have enough exercise equipment Oh thank god but um I really do like the tonal Better I think that the mirror would go Unused because I have so much cardio I don't need to add more cardio well and It, it just seems like a lot of what they're doing on that would Be replicated on the other devices anyway Well I mean it's more functional Exercises it's right. more it's more things Like like burpees or you know gotcha. Jumping jacks or whatever it's just I Don't want to do those things I right. don't like To do those but if but if you do by All means that's a great way for you to get that Exercise in. yeah so Olivia took over the Spotify Mint feed. Now, what, I don't know. I've never heard of this Spotify Mint. Yes, I knew you were going to put me on blast on this one. So I looked it up. Okay, so you know how um, Spotify has like all those different channels or different things that you can follow, like country or Right, they pop. have a playlist that you can, yeah. Right. Well, this one is for EDM. Specifically okay. So Spotify Mint is a playlist It is a playlist Okay it's not like a whole other version of Spotify or something. No but I think that they do a couple of things with this That they don't do with everything For example I think they're doing it more and more With other channels right. But they're adding in um, They add in content from the artists So you're hearing interviews with them yeah, they do that. It irritates the crap out of me. So they do more of that. And they also have the music structured so that it's a constant dance party, from what I understand. Okay. So it flows from one song to another in okay. more of a dance type thing. Gotcha. So that is what Mint is. It used to be called Electro Now, and they renamed it Mint. Okay. 
it is the sixth biggest Spotify playlist followed gotcha. followed by whatever it has that it has the sixth most amount of follows on Spotify. So that's pretty big. No, that's really big. I just I I don't like EDM, so I pay zero attention to it. Yeah, so you I, probably like some EDM and don't even realize it. Doubt it. I don't know. I I think you've probably heard songs for real uh, that are pop crossover that you probably do like that are considered EDM. Gotcha. I mean, I have, and I'm not an EDM fan, but I do like music that is considered EDM, but also is on the pop list. Gotcha. I find it very fascinating that Peloton does artist collaborations. And now Spotify is doing Peloton collaborations. Right. (laughs) Right. So this whole thing that we were going to be talking about, I don't think we ever said the point of all of that, is that Olivia Omato was asked to take over the Spotify Mint feed. And she did a special playlist that was for an EDM run and an EDM bike ride. And so she basically took it over for a couple of days. It was pretty cool because like if you went to Spotify her freaking face was on the cover, yeah. you know, and that's pretty cool. She was really excited about it, as she should be. That's yeah. huge. So that is very exciting. That is cool. And we promised people a profit prediction. We did. And it has to do with Spotify Mint. It does. I was told by the Peloton Profit that they believe there are more of these coming. In fact, they believe yoga is coming up next. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there'll be some kind of yoga EDM mix. Well, watch this space. Mm-hmm. So uh, Black History Month is just around the corner. It is. And uh, Peloton is making sure that they are celebrating. I mean, they celebrate all the months. They're very inclusive, of right. course. But they did some things this, this year that they have not done in the past. So first of all, they have this amazing new collection that was dropped in the boutique this week. And it is by... John Michael Basquiat, I believe. God, I, I'm not sure how to say it. I've seen it written so many times. Me too. But. I've never actually heard it say it said out loud. So I honestly don't know. But he is an amazing artist that was uh, had so many, so many influences that he has spread since the 1980s. He, he died very young, 27. But this collection features his art all over it and it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous um so of course i had to buy a few things and uh they will be here soon so i was really excited about that they've never done anything like that very specific for like art like they've never, i've never seen them feature an artist like yeah. that in that way and i i just thought it was really cool i was very excited about it so if you haven't checked it out you should and i will say that it sold out really fast like the bag there was a bag and it was sold out like within an hour like it was gone and I don't know about the rest of it. I haven't gone back and checked because, I mean, I immediately purchased everything that I possibly could. Well, so, he is a big deal. I know he is. Yeah. Did you have more to add about him? No, I, there was just a movie about him in like the 90s with Jeffrey Wright and uh, David Bowie played Andy Warhol. Really? Yes. Yeah, I need to go watch that. I would like to watch that. So then, of course, we're going to have all of our awesome playlists that are going to be, they're going to have several classes. You're going to get different genres. You're going to get generations of music. It's going to be some that are going to be like I saw, for example, Jess Sims is doing an all female hip hop artist on Saturday 60 for her Saturday 60 class. So I'm super excited about that. And then also exciting. Peloton is going to be teaming up with the Brooklyn Museum. They are going to sponsor their first Saturday's event on Saturday, February 1st. It's going to be a night of free art and entertainment. 
It's going to be a special fireside chat with, get this, Tunde Oyeyan and Common. Awesome. Wow. Wow is right. Look at that. And they're going to give away. It's free. It's free to go to this. There's only 200 spots, though. Oh, good luck. Yeah. First come, first served, starting at 5 p.m. at but the doors. It's this so, weekend. There's so much stuff like that in New York. People are like, oh, that all. That's fair. <laughs> I think it's amazing. And I wish we could just like pop over to NYC. I've never met Tunde, so I'd right. love to meet her. I would well, certainly. Well, you'll get to talk to her soon. I know. I'm so excited about that, too. If you haven't heard, we found out this week we get to interview Tunde. And, and so, if you have a question for her that you would like to submit, you should go join the group, <laughs> like the page and join the group, but join the group. And uh, there's a thread in there where you can leave your question and maybe it will get selected. But you only have until the end of the day on Friday. Yeah. So you since be quick. It, this does not air until Friday, you yeah. don't have much time. But it's a quick turnaround on this yes. one. So chop chop. Yes. <laughs> and not a part of Black History Month because that would be weird. But <laughs> there's a... Artist series with Guns N' Roses coming up. There is. Yes. And it is going to be January 30th. There's going to be a ride with Olivia Amato. There's going to be a boot camp with Andy Spear and a yoga flow with Kristen McGee. I'm super curious what shows up on that playlist. Hmm. So on a personal note, I just want to say that I support all of our new instructors. I have seen a lot of people that have not been as positive about this particular series as our community usually is. Um, so I hope that you guys all support all of our artists or excuse me, all of our instructors and uh, show them the love because, you know, it's hard to get up there and read things whenever you go to Facebook or Instagram. And see that, that you're not people's first choice for this kind of thing. So said as someone who has to read awful things that people say about me. <laughs> y'all aren't so nice sometimes. <laughs> I mean, our core listeners are always nice, right. just to be clear. Yeah. There's amazing people, but there are also some not so nice people. So spread the love. Yes. Show up for these guys. Well, I find it interesting that since it seemed like there were so many GNR Songs that were caught up in the purge Yeah That now there's a GNR series I agree And it wasn't that long ago That the GNR came back Because before Jennifer Jacobs left There was a final Guns N' Roses ride Yeah And and I know that Jen Sherman Had some Guns N' Roses On a ride that she did that week And I think there were other instructors That did as well So um, part of the complaints About this one Are that it's only 30 minutes long and as you know, some of their songs are seven to eight minutes. So, um, do, when, do they play the full songs? They do. Uh, okay. I didn't know if, like, maybe you just get like three minutes of November rain instead of eight minutes of November rain. Well, I don't rain. even know how I could wrap my head around that because, like, well, I, I love the entire if, song. If they did some sort of DJ version, they could, like, that's true. You know, that's true. I, I mean, I don't know that that's what they will do with this particular ride, but. In general, the instructors use the entire song. Gotcha. I was just curious. Fair question. And I should probably put one little addendum on the GNR ride. It wouldn't be entirely inappropriate for Black History Month because Slash is half black. Oh, I did not even realize yeah, that. Yeah, and a lot of people don't. And so I just wanted to throw that out there that uh, in case anybody wanted to be like, hey, wait a second. Well, I think I think stereotypically speaking, you would not 
think of GNR as a, as a black, black artist. Yes, yes exactly. totally. Which is where I was coming from. Right. But I just want to put that out there in case anybody was like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, fair enough. So I mean, anyway. I don't think anybody has that pop culture close to the top of their brain the way you do. But <laughs> I, I am know. glad that you clarified. GNR has got some diehard fans. I'm sure there was some. Oh, they do. Some, got some metalhead out there like, well, you wait just a damn minute. And I love GNR. Totally. I love GNR. I can't yeah. wait. For- Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It is the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O for this. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via the magic of skype phone is someone with a whole list of accomplishments. <laughs> Makes me feel lazy. Uh, a Well, you are. Well, uh, touche. Okay. A psychotherapist, sports psychology, <laughs> author, and host of VH1's Couples Therapy and the spinoff Family Therapy. It's Dr. Jen Mann. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you guys? We're awesome. We got a little bit of a reprieve from work today. I mean, we were working from home in case anyone yeah. from work is listening. I but, wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a nice little ice storm pop over St. Louis. So yeah. St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I thought, it, and I thought it was cold this morning when I took my daughters to the ice skating rink. <laughs> but Ooh. I have a feeling you're living it. 
even bigger and icier than me. Yeah, 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 that's that's probably true. I think on Sunday it's supposed to be a high of six. So, ooh, ouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't get that often here, but. <laughs> so normally we will start by warning people about me. Yeah, like just how I can be, but I feel like we don't need to because you've worked with Farah Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> this is true I've, and I've, I've worked with DMX I mean I've, I've worked with I've had Flavor Flav screaming in my face Really? I, I, yeah I can handle pretty much anything that comes my way Okay So All there's right. nothing yeah. I can do No, like I, no takes, I, takes the I, pressure I don't off. think so but you know maybe you'll surprise me yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the one hand I'm like it takes the pressure off On the other hand I'm like challenge accepted Yeah <laughs> Okay, so I found you because, of course, I've watched the show on VH1, Couples Therapy, but I saw that you love Peloton, and I was so excited about that because I am a huge Peloton fan. Clearly. (laughs) Look, I think to say love is an understatement. I am obsessed. (laughs) Like, it's kind of crazy. You know, the mark at the Century City location, Peloton, who sold me my Peloton, jokes with me. He's like, you are the most reluctant Peloton user sale I've ever done. Like literally it took me a year. I kind of, like, why do I want this? Like, why are people talking about this? And then like, and now I come in dress head to toe in Peloton gear talking about my PR and like, I took this class and if you taking that class and he always just laughs. What was the moment? Like, how did you find out about Peloton? You were and what got you hooked? I had a client who kept coming in to my private psychotherapy practice, talking about it, saying, yeah, I really want to get this. She's a mom of twins. She's a widow. So she doesn't have someone who can watch her kids when she wants to go work out. She's like, I think I really want to get this. And then she got it and she kept talking about it. And I was like, well, I love to spin, but I don't know about this. Because like, I really thought I was really into sort of the classroom atmosphere, you know, I'm in private practice. So I go to the office and it's just me and, you know, one or a couple people in in a room. So I really like kind of the group energy. But what I also realized is, you know, first of all, my favorite instructor switched studios and that was a problem. Then I found Mm. another instructor I liked, but she was like 1030 on Mondays and I had to work my client schedule around her (laughs) class. And, and, And I was like, well, I don't know. What if I don't like any of these teachers? And so I eventually like, you know what, I can't keep driving and parking and I'm losing an hour just in driving and parking every time I want to do this. And I am held prisoner to this person's schedule. And that really doesn't work for me. So I decided to bite the bullet and got the bike and just the addiction began. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of built. And then I heard people talking about the tread and I was like, you know, I think I need that. (laughs) My very very generous partner, Eric, was like, you know what? You seem to really love that bike. And he got it for me as a gift. And, you know, the rest is Peloton history. Wow. Wow. What a great gift. That is fantastic. Okay. Very generous. So how long have you had the bike and the tread at this point? I got the bike, I believe it was September a little over a year ago. And then I got the tread, I think it was about four or five months later. So I've had the tread for about a year and the bike for a little over that. That's fantastic. Yeah, okay. yeah that's interesting because it was like... Once you, you were in, you, you were, were like, all I'm in. all quickly. <laughs> I, I don't that do makes, anything half-assed. It's that not makes my me style. feel yeah. good that like 
the person behind couples therapy isn't afraid of commitment, right? Like when <laughs> no, you're, I, am, I am not. When I'm you're ready to go. Not. And when I'm in, I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay, so I have to ask, who are your favorite instructors for each, like for the bike and the tread? Well, you know, it's shifted over time. And I have to say, I love Maddie and Olivia. I just feel like a kinship to them. I love their music selection. I love their classes. I love them as people. Like we've developed kind of a, a friendship like kind of via text messaging and messaging and all that sort of stuff. And I just love what they do. And I just feel that they're such soulful people. That said, I love a lot of the instructors. (laughs) I originally started with Allie Love. And I felt like she was exactly what I needed to kind of ease in. She reminded me a lot of an instructor that I had named Miranda Barsky, who's in LA. Allie is so like inspirational and positive. And like, I just really love that. I love Robin when I just want to have my ass kicked. Like when I'm just like, I just want to go hard. Like I just want to like, you know, that kind of thing. I also, you know, I've been really getting into the yoga meditation. Kristen is amazing. Ross, I love all of them. But and I've been really like this week, I actually made a commitment. I talk a lot and you probably heard me talk about it on couples therapy. I talk a lot about embracing change. And this week, I was like, you know what, I need to embrace some Peloton change. I made a commitment to take a boot camp class, which I don't usually take. I made a commitment to take one new instructor and one person that I hadn't taken in a long time. So, you know, and to me, one of the things I love about Peloton is that I feel like it's very much a metaphor for life and that we really have the opportunity to learn these lessons and to gravitate to the things that we need at that moment. And, you know, there are times where maybe we need to really push ourselves hard or to show up when we don't feel like showing up. And then there are other times where we need to be gentle and instead take a yoga class or a stretch class. And I think that Peloton is particularly great that way. And it's such a wonderful tool for self-care. On that note, one of your many things that are that you do is sports yeah. psychology consultant. So yeah. do you find that as a consultant for sports psychology that you actually actively think about those things for yourself? Or well, is you know, it- It's a great question. The funny thing is, and to back up for a second, how I got started in sports psych is I was an elite level rhythmic gymnast, you know, the sport with the ribbons, hoops, clubs, oh, oh, rope, wow. ball. I did that. I was on the national team for about five years. Wow. And my first year competing, I had a, a coach who is considered to be the mother of the sport in this country. And her name is Ala Sversky. And Ala, I was expected to make the national team my first year. And I was one of the only people on my team who did not make it. I missed making the national team. It was top 12. I came in 13th place. I missed oh. it by 0.05. Oh. So the net, so I trained really hard. And look, my teammates were, we were the top girls in the nation. Of the 12 junior and 12 senior spots out of the 24, we would generally take up at least 16 spots every year. Wow. So I felt like I'm with the top coach in the country. I have some of my biggest competitors who are here with me. And I just worked really hard the following year. The end of the first day of competition, I do this ribbon routine. My coach looks at my mom and says, it will be 9.0. Because it is international, because it is national competition, it will be 8.6. My mom says, great. The score goes up 7.05. A coach from another team actually protested the score, which has never happened before. It was just so ridiculous. And they upped it from 7.05 to 7.15 at the end of day one. 
I was in 13th place yet again. My mom, who was a smoker at the time, got down on her knees and said, God, I'll give up anything. Like, I'll give up smoking. If she makes a national team, I will never smoke again. Just please let this kid make the team. So the next day, I compete and I come in 12th place by the skin of my teeth. I was supposed to be top six. I was came in 12th place. My mom has literally never smoked again. She's wow. afraid that I'll rock dead. So I saved my mom's life and made the national team. And what happened was I said to myself, I am training with top people in the country. The top coach were training the same hours. I have to give, find a way to give myself an extra edge. And my dad said, you know, there's this thing called sports psychology. You may want to read about it. And I started reading books and I started using the techniques and then created some of my own. And the following year, I won five gold medals out of five. I beat my next competitor by 1.0. And it really hit me that this is powerful stuff. That mind-body connection is incredibly powerful. And so when I was in grad school getting my degree in psychology, I started coaching gymnastics on the side to earn some money. And I started using the sports psychology techniques on the girls I was working with. They worked so well that the parents started paying me to travel with the team. And (laughs) they were kind of my guinea pigs where I got to kind of try my (laughs) techniques on other people. And it went really, really well. And then I started, you know, I continued my studies and then I got hired by USA Gymnastics and other organizations to do that. But the funny thing is, is that I never thought of, I thought about sports psych for gymnastics, but I didn't for a long time about Peloton. For some reason, there was like a disconnect for me that was like, well, I'm not trying out for the national team. I'm not trying out for the Olympics. Like I'm on my bike, I'm on my tread. Like it just didn't click. And then I kind of had one day where it clicked. And I went, you know, I go around saying I'm not a runner. And because running is so challenging for me. And, you know, I did a marathon in 1999. I did it five hours and 20 minutes. My goal was just to complete it. I didn't care if I walked it, crawled it, whatever I did. And then suddenly I started to realize like, all the things I tell my clients, I'm reinforcing this negative concept of myself as an athlete. And this is not what I practice and I got to do what I preach. And so I really shifted and started to think of myself as a runner and start to talk about myself as a runner. I started to visualize. I started doing Ross Rayburn's long run meditation the night before my long run, which literally every single time I've done that so far, and it's been, I think it's either five or six times I have beaten my PR that on the next long run. So oh my I, gosh. <laughs> I think that, that that mind-body connection is so strong and so powerful and that it's really important whether you're training for the Olympics or whether you're you know, doing a 10-minute run on your tread, it's important to get yourself in the right mindset. Okay. I have a big question then. So, so yep. something that Tom might tell you that is I... I might be a little hard on myself Just a smidge About things <laughs> And so I always feel like I want to say that stuff to myself And be positive But you know I always feel like I'm. It's not real Like I can say it in my head But I don't mm-hmm. really truly believe it How do you get past that gap Where you you honestly absorb it And like really feel it's true Past the it, imposter it, syndrome If you will yeah, it's a great question. And it's a, a few things. And, you know, I have an app, it's called No More Diets. And part of the app kind of deals with some of the psychological stuff about our relationship with food. 
And one of the sections of it, I have an exercise where it addresses negative self-talk. And on the left side, you write your negative self-talk. And on the right side, you talk back to, you write a sentence that counters that negative self-talk. And here's the thing about it, that you don't have to believe it in the beginning. That's okay. You know, fake it till you make it. That is fine. But what happens is that we have a healthy voice and an unhealthy voice. And I think of it as like the angel and the devil on our shoulders. And that our unhealthy voice is always telling us negative things. And you can't do it. And you're too this and you're too that. And you're not whatever enough. But what happens is if we don't talk back with our healthy voice, that unhealthy voice gets bigger and bigger and louder and louder. And it's important that we actually take the time to talk back to it. And in sports psychology, we talk a lot about a four to one ratio, five to one ratio of positive to negative. And when you're saying those negative things, I don't want you to just say one positive thing. I want you to say four positive things. I don't care if you believe it to start with, but start saying it. And you can always find something positive to say. You know, it doesn't have to be delusional. Like, you know, oh, I'm not a basketball player. And then you say like, oh, well, I'm really tall and I always make the baskets. No, but maybe what you say is I have really great hand-eye coordination. I love to play basketball. My passion for basketball is really impressive. But you need to look for the positives that you can hold on to, to work on squashing that negative voice. Hmm. Okay. I'll think on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have been taking notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's literally recorded, Tom. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so tell us about some more of your career journey. So you said you also went to school for, I don't mean general psychotherapy, like general, like it's no big deal, but more of a generalized. Yeah. So how sure. how is that different? How did you put those two together into a career? Well, for my undergraduate, I actually was a mass communications major. My focus is on print and television journalism. Same. I was too. Oh, wow. Where'd you go? Oh, no. We're of consequence. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a good experience? Did uh, you enjoy I gr- it? I graduated when I was 45. So I'll let you connect those dots. <laughs> you know what, though? Like we do things when we're ready to do them. Like I bet you appreciated it more at 45 than you would have at 22. That is true. And and honestly, the reason I dropped out of college yeah. is because I got offered a job at the alternative rock station in the market. And it was like, well, I'm going to do so I can be a DJ at a rock station. And someone just totally. handed it to me. So I'm just going to like, I can't say wait six months while I take a college algebra class. So <laughs> for sure. And you know what? Sometimes we just have to grab an opportunity when when it's there in front of us. Yeah. But so I, look, I got my master's in clinical psychology and then I got my doctorate in psychology, specifically marriage, family, and child counseling. Okay, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that is a yeah. lot. That's, yeah. that's How a long lot did of that take? Yeah. Like, made me feel really bad. How old were you when you finished <laughs> You well, finished I, 45 I, years of school? I, in I th- graduated from undergrad early. I took six months off. I did my master's in two years. Then I did my doctorate. It took me four years to do the actual academic work. And then it was another year for the dissertation. And then, and then I had to defend it. So... So it was like five years, five in a few wow. months. You Holy should cow. plus screw, the two. Screw sports psychology. You should do homework psychology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, the thing is that when you're studying something that you love, it's such a different experience. Like I loved, look, I had a great experience at, at Emerson for my undergrad, 
but academically, I loved grad school because it was like every day was eye opening. It was like learning about these psychological theories and these masters of the field and how do you handle like it was just fascinating to me. Wow. No, I totally agree. Like I have a great love of pop culture and I, I didn't realize it until I was like well into my adulthood that like I had spent my childhood studying it. <laughs> like I, yeah. I mean, not just watching, but reading books and like I had all these books about movies and TV and radio and like I just I never realized I was studying because I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, look, it has a lot of value in today's culture. Luckily. Yeah. yeah. My, <laughs> my parents sure as hell didn't think that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I book concerts for a living and it's nice the day I got to point out to my dad, like, remember when you were like, what are you going to do with all this stuff? You're wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, dad. But in a nice way. In a nice way. So how does that transition to all your, how did you go from there to like the media component of what you do with psychology? Well, there were two really significant milestones for me. The first was I was very outspoken in my class on eating disorders. And I'm someone who's recovered myself. And so I shared a lot about my experience and about intuitive eating and about all that sort of stuff. And the teacher was going on Channel 2 Action News with the host, Dr. Winnie King. And she said, she pulled me and one other person aside who was also recovered, who was very outspoken and said, I would really like for you guys to come. Would you be willing to actually speak when I do this TV thing? Would you be comfortable? And I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, anything that delivers the message, I'm, I'm happy to do. So I said yes, and I didn't fully know what I was getting into. But as I'm kind of preparing to do this thing with her, I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting in my office with like one person. I'm thinking, wow, like, this is actually an opportunity to teach people about something really important about psychology and about healing and about pain and about like, I suffered for all those years. And I didn't think that I could ever get well and recover. I can share that with people. And that could change someone's life that could change millions of people's lives. And when it hit me that instead of sitting in my office and helping one person, I could potentially help millions. I was like, wow, this is really powerful stuff. And I did the interview with her and they ended up using a ton of my footage and not a lot of the other people. And <laughs> then someone else who's a producer who knew me said, you know, hey, you know, could you come on the show and talk about eating disorders? And I just kind of picked up. And at some point, I get a call from none other than Harvey Levin. And of TMZ. <laughs> yeah. And Harvey says, Hi, my name's Harvey Levin. I'm doing this show. I'm doing a pilot of this show called We Need Professional Help. We've casted two people on the show and we need a young, fresh face. I keep seeing you on TV. And would you be willing to come in and audition for it? And I said, Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I went in and I auditioned for it with two other therapists who had already been picked to be on the show. And afterwards, I went to, I was, I'll never forget this. And, and Harvey and I talk about this to this day. I'm sitting at the desk with Harvey and Harvey says, look, I got to tell you, no matter what happens with this show, you have to pursue this. I know talent. Wow. You're incredibly talented and you have to do this. And he's wow. like, you have to get an agent or a manager. I was like, there are agents or managers for people who do this. And he's right. like, yes, and you have to get one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then Lisa Gregorish Dempsey, who was the other executive producer on it, pulled me aside 
And she's someone who's a straight shooter. And she said, look, I got to tell you, when I first saw you, I didn't like you. But now I've seen you in action and you're really good. I want to work with you. and You got to do this. I was like, "Okay," like the universe is telling me something. I got to do this. So I went and I got a manager and, you know, pursued it ever since. And, you know, it's a great passion of mine and that I can have the opportunity to enlighten people about mental health, that I can help normalize the stigma of therapy and that I can help people talk about these issues and even think differently and approach the partner differently and think about themselves differently to me is just such a great gift that I feel so lucky to have. So I have a follow-up question just backing up just a smidge. How do you audition for something like that? Do they like bring in people and have you therapize them right there in front of them or like... And if I tell you the story of the two people, your jaw is going to drop. And I don't think I've actually ever talked about this publicly, but it's it's an amazing story. Please it tell. Was, yes. <laughs> yes, it was. The premise of this show was that it was two people would come in. It could be like a mother and a daughter, or a boyfriend, and a girlfriend, a brother and a sister, or like some combination of people who were connected to each other, who were having a conflict and that they would sit and kind of present their situation to the panel of three therapists. And then one would leave and the other would tell her story. Then they'd switch. And then at the end, they would come together and the therapist would vote on whether they should stay together or split apart. Like if they were roommates, that they would either be told like, yes, you should stay together. And now you want, you know, $5,000 of therapy, or you have $5,000 towards a moving van and an attorney. <laughs> like, so like, it was like, you know, should you stay together or break up? So okay. the one that put everyone over the edge was there was a man and a woman who came in who were engaged. She had an identical twin sister. Uh-oh. And her and her fiance were very into, you know, like kinky sex and dressing up and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And so one day he gets a call from his fiance who says, hey, I'm at hotel, blah, blah, blah. I've left a key for you. I've got a blindfold, like come to the room and like, I have something fun planned for you. This was very much in their wheelhouse. He's like, great. So he shows up at the hotel. The lights are out. She blindfolds him. They have sex. At the end, she takes off his blindfold and he looks and he realizes it is her twin sister. It is not her. Uh-oh. So was it just point of clarification? So they were both there or the sister had no, tricked him? No, the sister had been sneaky and as far as I'm concerned, that's rape. That's that is right. non-consensual. Yeah, that's non-consensual. Yeah. And so the shockingly the conflict they were having was that they were planning this wedding and she wanted her sister to be invited and he did not. Yeah, that's fair. That he would not want her to be. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked that she would want to have her sister. I mean, right. after violating her fiance like this, after betraying her like this, after doing something that horrible and cruel and unethical and terrible that she wanted to invite her sister was quite stunning to me. Did the but sister so, have a history of like doing awful things like that? You know, I don't know. And it was quite some time ago. I don't remember. (laughs) I just remember the moment where I asked him and I said, you know, look, did you, I said, you know, you've been sleeping with your fiance for many years. I know you guys were role playing. Did you have any moment where you were like, Hey, something feels off. Like, isn't this really her? Yeah. And he got so pissed 
he had a bottle of water and he threw it at me. Yeah. <laughs> and I ducked and everything changed <laughs> from there. <laughs> and, you know, look, I hope to God that like he got whatever healing that he needed to get and that they're okay or they've moved on from each other. And, you know, that sister is somewhere where she can't harm people. But it was a fascinating situation, and they were a very articulate, interesting couple, and working with them was quite fascinating. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It sounds it. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, why don't they have a show? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they do. Yeah. <laughs> they have a podcast there's, somewhere. Yeah, there's so many outlets these days. Like, who knows? Yeah. They could be on Crackle. Nobody'd know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you have like questions that you see come up over and over again as you counsel people? You know, I think that the questions that come up tend to be along the lines of you know, how do I have a healthy long-term relationship? How do I keep things alive? And really, to me, the most important thing in a relationship is connection. And there is a guy named M. Gary Newman, who wrote a book that the title is something along the lines of Why Men Cheat. And the other one is Why Women Cheat, except it's not called Why Women Cheat. <laughs> I forget what the <laughs> title of the, the other book is. And what he found, he did one of the most impressive studies about cheating that's ever been done. And it, it was over 500 people who had cheated. One study was the men, one was the women. And what he found was really shocking. And we tend to think like, oh, when someone cheats, they it's because they're horny. It's because they wanted sex. It's because of the sex drive. But what he found was not that. What he found was that for 92% of the women and 93% of the men that the reason why they cheated was a lack of emotional connection or a lack of emotional and sexual connection combined. And to me, that was incredibly eye-opening and it shifted the way I approach couples because when you focus on nurturing the connection, it changes everything. And people are more invested in their relationship they care more. It's one thing when you are distant and not connected to cheat. It's another thing when you are connected and you've been nurturing the relationship and you're spending face-to-face -face time together every day and you actually know what's going on in each other's lives and you're vulnerable with one another. It makes it a lot more difficult to take a step like that. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, It's never, I would think, in people that have told me about their relationships or cheating, and I've had people cheat on me, that it's like, it's it doesn't feel like it's ever one thing that it's, yeah. it causes it. It's a multitude of things. So I think that makes a lot yeah. of sense. I agree. So going back to sports psychology, um, yeah. do you think that there are like parallels to different ways of thinking and like the different instructors that we're each drawn to? Look, I do think that we tend to gravitate towards Peloton instructors who either I think so sometimes they have what we need or what we aspire to. I think sometimes they are the yin to our yang. I think sometimes the opposite can be true that like, I'm type A, so I go to that instructor who's more type A. I think that it is very personal, but I don't think it's necessarily always the same consistent thing for each person. I think that there's okay. some people who are just kind of like, I'm type A, and I like this instructor, and others who are just a little more flexible on it. Okay, so you can't necessarily, so there's a connection, but it's not a pigeonhole connection that's consistent each time. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. 
it'd be interesting to do like personality tests of like each instructor's core following. Like what do they have in common and what do they not? That could be the next M. Gary Newman study. (laughs) I mean, I am seriously fascinated by that because typically you will see pairs of instructors that people gravitate to the most like uh, you pointed out all the time of of like the type of person that you see that likes one instructor over another. right and I I just I'm kind of fascinated by it you know who do you like who do you take the most so I would say the most on the bike I ride with uh, Jen Sherman Uh, I love Jen Sherman her music yeah I've got to mention Jen that's a big oversight her music is unbelievable and I feel like she's someone who like I'd be pals with like she's totally like yeah she's one of my peeps like she's a nice New York girl she's so real when she's on the bike and I I really value people who are transparent and real so I know that's why I like Jen so much but then there are people that like it tends to be like if you like Alex you'll like Robin if you like Allie Love you like Emma if you like Matt Wilpers you like Christine but very sure. rarely do you see a crossover that's like, I love Matt Wilpers and I love Alex. Those two things. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that never happens, but that's that's an unusual pairing for someone. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny because I tend to think of the instructors in groups and <laughs> and I tend to think of them in groups. And I don't know if I made it up in my head that like, oh, these people came first. Like they were Peloton instructors before those people, because I don't know as much about the history as I'm sure you guys do, but I have this kind of idea in my head and and kind of tend to gravitate towards what I think of as more of the old timers. Okay, yeah, tell me who you yeah, think Crystal the old timers are. All this for you. <laughs> okay, um, I I tend to think Robin. Um, yes, I tend to think. Well, I know Jen. Yes, um, Maddie, Olivia, but I have a feeling they probably were more on the tail end of the old timers that they arrived would be my guess. So Maddie and Olivia actually are very new to Peloton because Maddie and Olivia, yeah, they didn't come in until the tread. So Maddie, Uh, Maddie Majacomo and Olivia both came in as tread instructors. And then Olivia started teaching on the bike about six months after that. So she does the bike and the tread. So yeah. I think Olivia, out of the group you've said so far, is probably the newest. Yeah. What about Allie Love? Allie she Love seems like is she's like, more of an old timer. She's, I would say, midway. So yeah. your true OGs are Jen yeah. Sherman, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Jen Sherman and Robin and Cody and oh yeah, um, Cody. Yeah. Then there was Matt Wilpers. Then there was Emma Lovewell and Allie Love and Dennis Morton and. Then you get to like the newest group. So that's like, and then you get but to what the about tread. like Emma and Hannah? Oh, Hannah's have been around for a long time, too. I forgot to mention yeah. her. Yeah, and she's it, back with uh, not as old timey as Jen and Robin, yeah. but like not long after Jen and Robin and Cody. That and, I, and by the way, I have to say, I just I did Emma's Crusher Core. Oh, isn't it great? It was fantastic. And I, yeah. not only was it fantastic and she was great, but it kind of it got me doing 10 minutes of abs every day, just kind of like at the beginning of my workout. So I can't go like, Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm late to work. I can't do it. Yes. I put it in the front now because like, it's more of a priority for me. Thanks to Emma. I totally agree. And I love that yeah. it was accessible regardless of where yeah. you are from a strength standpoint with your core. 
because I was not strong and I knew I needed to do work, but I was I was overwhelmed because I'm like I'm looking at Emma's abs and I'm like, uh oh, totally. I don't know that. Yeah. No, it's that. amazing. Yeah, you can grade cheese off her abs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's she's pretty amazing. I keep messaging her and saying, please do crush your core part two. <laughs> I bet she will. I bet she will. I hope eventually. so. I hope so. Hopefully, I'm not the only one. More of your listeners will reach out to her as well. I bet they will. <laughs> so you take Jen Sherman. Who else do you take? So that's like on the bike right now. That's kind of where I'm at is Jen Sherman on because I've been running a lot. I've been a really running place. I'd yeah. say for about six months or so. So for running, I tend to run with uh, Maddie Majacomo and Bex Gentry. And oh, I can't believe I forgot Bex. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> How could I have forgotten Bex? I, mean, I just Bex, I just love her. Oh, my she, God. Bex is my running inspiration. I mean, like, <sighs> Bex looks like a Giselle when she runs. Yes. And I feel like she, like, never loses her breath. I know. She is talking and, you know, with that accent, she's just so damn charming. Like, through a whole run, you're, like, sweating your ass off. You look like a drowned rat. And there's Bex smiling, smiling. <laughs> glowing, like looking like a Giselle. That's she, like, she's got like yeah. a light sweat. You're drenched. Exactly. Yeah, I'm drenched anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, yes. Yeah. I'm, and I'm I've, like yeah. gasping and like I know. grunting. And she's like, <laughs> and now we're going to up our incline. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. you know, only to four or five. No big exactly. deal. <laughs> exactly. And, and up your feet at the same time. Right. And her legs <laughs> are so long. She'll be like, she'll be like, okay, we're going to do our cool down. Slow down to eight. I'm like, slow down to eight. I didn't get to five. Calm down, woman. (laughs) I'm with you, sister. (laughs) So you do Maddie and Bax. Who else on the tread? Selena Samuela. And also I've been uh, running with Oliver too, Oliver Lee. So all of them a lot. So yeah, yeah, lots of great running tread instructors. I mean, like you can't go wrong. These instructors are all so great. And, And, you know, one of the things that I really love about the Peloton instructors, one of the many things is that like they cast them really well. They all have this like it factor. Yes. Like they're all of them are mesmerizing and charismatic and inspirational in their own way. And everyone is a delight to look at. They're all telegenic. They're all really interesting. They're all just so great. I think the key thing you said there, though, is in their own way. Yeah. Because it's like it's not the same thing over and over again. Like some instructors and I just know this from hearing people talk. (laughs) Yeah, we need to talk about you and why you're not using the Peloton. (laughs) And so but like some of them are like really focused on like the logic and the science of it. And some of them are more inspirational and some of them are like, let's make it fun. And others of them are like, you screw fun. You're here to work. Yeah. And it's like, and you just, everybody are for the most part seems to find the one or two or three that works for them. Yes. Because what motivates everybody is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I find their personality so interesting because like, like Robin, nobody can say the things that Robin can say the way Robin can say them. Like Agreed. that's that's just magic. But like on the other hand, for me personally, like, you know, Cody, for example, has his like key phrases and they don't do it for me. But other people like they're so yeah. motivated by that. And that's why I just kind of find the entire thing fascinating how different everybody is and how totally. people are drawn to those different people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I find Robin at first when I started on Peloton, I was 
a little intimidated by Robin, just in that, like, she's so hardcore. Am I going to like her class? Like, is she going to be barking orders at me? But I found her to be so wonderful and so inspiring and positive that even though she's pushing you, she does it in a way that you never feel bad about yourself. You always feel like, okay, I'm going to like give it a little bit more because like Robin's here with me, you know, like, I just think that she's so great. And talk about a woman with the it factor. Oh I mean, my she's God. just such a star. She is it's amazing. Yeah. You and know? I can't and believe it, she used to be an attorney. I'm just like, I'm really glad she stopped doing that. Not that she yeah, was probably totally. not amazing at that. She just didn't capture. It's just very clear that that wouldn't have been her as a person. Have you read her book? I have not read the book, but I have read about her story. And you know, the simple reason I haven't read her book is because it's it wasn't on Kindle for a very long time. And sure. I read all books on Kindle. And she's like, no, it's a paperback. You're supposed to read it as a paperback because you're supposed to go through and like do the exercises. And that. Sure. So that never worked for me, but <laughs> it's so good. It's I found it to be really fascinating. It was hard to put down. It was a great combination of her personal story, inspiration, and great tips about running. That's awesome. It always amazes me when people who become attorneys have the nerve to walk away from it. I agree. There's so yeah. much sunk cost there. Yes. And for to to be like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to hit the reset button and go do something completely unrelated. That's such a but I, th- I think that's why I don't know that everybody in that situation can say it in the same way that Robin does. But the reason yeah. that I love her motivation is because she believes because of her personal story and like having somebody literally hold a gun to her head. She was like, life is too short for this. And yeah. so when yeah. she says, you know, we get to do this, sure. you're very lucky to be here. I believe that you she feels that. that. Yes. Totally. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's interesting. I took Toon Day's class. Oh, I love Toon Day. Oh my God. She's amazing. Her, She shared a story about, she talked about how in one year she lost her mother, her father, her brother, and I think it was her aunt. And the way she talked, I was literally, I burst into tears on my 30 minute ride. I spent 10 of it sobbing. (sighs) Like she was just so real about it. And it was also very inspiring to me to hear her talk about grief and about, I don't even want to see you overcoming grief because I don't know that you overcome grief. I think that you grieve and you work through it and you integrate the grief into your life in a different, more positive way. But I just found that to be incredibly inspiring. I think that she is one of the most real instructors. And I I honestly have not gotten to take very many of her classes just because her schedule doesn't work with mine. But the classes I have taken, she is amazing. I want to find that ride and take the ride. I believe it was it was part of one of the programs. It was either the one with the best music or the favorite ride. Okay. And it's a 30 minute ride. Okay, I'm going to go look it up. I got to take that. She used to be like, overweight when she was a teenager too and i think she's very inspiring from that standpoint as well and one of the things she talked about that was very similar to robin was that she was a very successful makeup artist and she said that she got on the bike and was doing a spin class and she heard a voice say this is what you're supposed to do this is your calling and she left makeup to do this wow and and talked about how she had a year of auditioning for peloton and that led her here. But I thought it was really amazing and really inspiring. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's another thing I'm sure took a long time to get good at to just be like, "Mm, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she is good. She's amazing. I've seen pictures. And like she did, uh, she was the one that did Maddie's makeup for the Grinch whenever he dressed up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, whenever, that's one of those professions where somebody, if someone says that was their job, then I assume that you have to be really good at it because like makeup is kind of like being a photographer. It's one of those things that so many people think they can do. Yeah. And that if you're making a living at it, then you have to be really top tier. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such an art. My best friend is my makeup artist, Summer Anzaldo. And I, I post about her a lot. But she is so talented and just so amazing. And I'm always in awe. Like I always show up like, I feel so lucky they have this best friend that has this <laughs> incredible talent to yeah. do this thing. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> you get your makeup like, done for every event you have to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you look like a mere mortal, but like you work magic with a brush. Like you can make me look younger. You can make me like, it's amazing. Wow. That is <laughs> yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah, that comes in very handy. <laughs> So, Tom, why are you not on a Peloton? I need to so, understand this. Well, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. So. <laughs> oh, no, I got plenty of time, Tom. I got all the time in the world for you. Um, I just have always had a, a hate-hate relationship with anything athletic. I had very negative experiences as a child, and I just... I just don't like it. Give her the brief version of your uh, striking out. Oh, yeah. Like, I legit <laughs> struck out at T-ball. Like, yeah. so that happened. A, the negative like, experiences were with competitive sports? Just everything about it. Like, I suck at it. And then I would get piled on for sucking at it. And then it was like, I don't even want to be here. Like, mm-hmm. I was made to, to go be on the soccer. Like, my parents were like, oh, you should be, like, on play t-ball and i sucked at it and then they were like well now you can play soccer and i sucked at it and then it was like now you can play basketball and i sucked at it then they came in and said football and i was like at that point i was kind of old enough to where i was i was i like drew a line in the sand and i was like absolutely not like (laughs) i like you can make me go but you can't make me move when i'm on the field i'm not (laughs) gonna do it like i'm like (laughs) everything you're signing me up for i suck at and you keep Picking sports that get progressively more physical contact. I'm like, the did, next thing is going to be some sort of blood sport kumite. No, not doing did, it. Did your parents understand you better in other areas? Or was this a reflection of kind of a bigger picture? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, they didn't understand me at all. He was an, <laughs> yeah. he was an enigma to them. Yeah, like yeah, there is, no, there is yeah. nobody else in my family that's... <laughs> Like me, and he has forty-one yeah. first cousins. I have forty-one first <laughs> oh my cousins. So he on means my dad's yeah. side. when he says anyone in his family, he means anyone, like hundreds <laughs> yeah. of people. And yeah. so, like that, my dad owned a printing company. Like his dad owned a printing company. Sure. His dad owned a printing company, and they were all about fixing things and mechanical. And it was like, and and, they're like, why do you want to play music and talk on the radio? Right. Yes. My, yes. Da- my dad would Get be a like, real job. I'm yes. Yeah, totally. My dad would be like, come help me work on this thing. And it would be like some sort of weird Abbott and Costello routine where he would ask for some sort of tool. And no matter what he asked for, I would hand him a screwdriver. He'd be like, oh, hand awful. me. He'd be like, hand me a crescent wrench. And I'm like, what the fuck is a crescent wrench? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I, now, here's the thing, though. 
if that experience is what has kept you from exercising, first of all, your parents still have an awful lot of power over you. And secondly, <laughs> what it means is that you've never branched out and really separate from them figured out what you like. Oh, I figured out what I like. It was all nerd stuff. Like I was comic books and TV yeah. and movies and pop culture. And it's like, I can tell you but, all but, of that stuff. I, but, but I'm talking about it in the physical realm. Yeah, like I don't like, like it. You any found other. your sweet spot when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to yeah. intellect, but you haven't found your sweet spot when it comes to exercise. Because he won't even embrace it enough to try. He's like, I don't want to sweat. I don't want to move. I don't want somebody to tell me I did it wrong. I want none of those things. I always, the joke I say on here is my body is in like new condition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, I'm still going to push. <laughs> so. Do you guys have kids? Yes. Not together. Not together. But yes. Yeah. Okay. How many between the two of you? Three. And would you like to live a really long time to see them get older and have grandbabies and maybe even grand great grandbabies? Mm, two of the three. I like to, you know, it makes them work harder if they all think that maybe they're not in the mix. <laughs> you can go at any moment. Yeah. Like maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I'm the one he doesn't like. Then they try harder. Check a little me, capitalism into like, it. One of the motivations, like one of the many things that gets me on the tread and on the bike is going, you know what? I want to live to see my kids have kids. I want to live to share those moments with them that, you know, study after study shows that doing cardio and, and taking good care of ourselves allows us to live longer. And I think that it's a shame to give your parents that much power and to let that trauma, and I do consider it a trauma, to let that trauma being forced into doing these sports that you really loathe, that were so not who you are, prevent you from trying a light walking class where there's no one, you know, kick Crystal out of the room where the tread or the bike is and, you know, <laughs> just do something where you don't sweat. Like, just start out really light. Just do 10 minutes of, you know, walking at a 2.0 pace and see what you actually think separate from your parents, separate from the messages that you got to see, is this something that is horrible as I thought, especially if it could lead to better health and living a longer time. You're really good. You should do this for a living. You, you know, I might do that. <laughs> I was I was thinking, you know, Tom, you should probably listen. And she's a doctor. <laughs> but, but I'm also, I'm a big believer in when it comes to exercise and, and a lot of the time, what I do in sports psychology, like I have all these elite level athletes, you know, who are super, super high level, but I also have a lot of people who come to me kind of similar to you, where they're like, I don't know how to start an exercise regimen, or I had a bad experience. And you know, I, I don't know where to begin, or I don't know how to get past that. But I think it's, it's just so important to figure out in the exercise world, of all of the many things out there, what can you connect with the most? And it sounds like for you, kind of a solitary activity is probably where it's at. Something where you don't get a lot of feedback, something where you don't have to deal with other people and their thoughts or feelings about it that you don't have to perform for someone else, but where you could actually get in your head. And you'd be surprised that I find that I get some of my best ideas when I'm on the tread or the bike that you're getting all this oxygen to your brain and that you seem like someone who's very creative, who likes to be in his creative head. And this is just another forum to get to do that. How is oxygen getting to your brain whenever I've done anything remotely like exercise? I can't breathe at all. <laughs> well, but then you're going too fast. I know you're joking, but if that is the case, you're going too fast. 
And what you don't want to do is push yourself so hard that it's you injure yourself or you have you're so out of breath that it's horrible that I would just say, like, start really slow and gentle. And look, if it's not on the tread, go for a walk outside, like get some fresh air. It's really good to get some sunlight. It fights depression. It There's no negative to it in terms of your well-being. She makes so many good points, Tom. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just just get some food for thought. Just just to consider that, you know, to me, when we have a trauma of some kind and we don't do things that are good for us because of our trauma, we are still being held prisoner by our trauma. And I think it's really important to move past that and make self-affirming decisions that are good for us and that, that help us take good care of ourselves and be healthy and live a long time. Well, I have done things, I will say, in my defense. Yes. Because I feel like yeah. I need to defend myself. <laughs> I, Please do. <laughs> but I, but I, I used to be quite a bit heavier and I, and I definitely got my weight under control because of the things that you're saying. Like I, I used to be 50, 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And, and Great. that was definitely played a role where I was just like, okay. And then when I ended up with sole custody of two kids, I was just like, well, she's wackadoodle. I got to stay alive until they're adults. Yeah. (laughs) So totally. That that was definitely a motivating factor. I feel like this is might be the first interview we've ever done where there'll be a copay at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not charging you. When you made those changes that resulted in you losing weight, were they difficult to make? Yeah. They were in the beginning, did they remain difficult or did they get easier? So how I did it primarily was I so I did a weight loss study. And they put me on a low carb, low calorie diet. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't go over 20 carbs a day and I couldn't go over nine. Wow. Oh, gets worse. I couldn't go over 900 calories a day. <gasps> and I know oh I, made this, I made the same noise. This weight loss study was with Washington University, which is a very reputable school. I was meeting with wow. nutritionist weekly and meeting with a physician weekly. Like it wasn't just some like create like no, sure. Joe's no, House obviously. of Medical Research. Yeah. But it's amazing because also like one of the things I learned when I do my doctoral dissertation on weight loss is that 900 calories is the number that in the concentration camps that the Nazis discovered that if you give prisoners 900 calories, it's just enough to keep them working. Interesting. So wow. It's fascinating to me that, that that's, that's the number they went like, with. Yeah. It's like just enough to keep you going. But <sighs> like that's a really low number. Yeah. And and I had to keep a food diary. And it was funny because I followed all those rules really well because I was just like, oh, well, this is for science. I don't want to script science, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And so I was and and I drop weight like crazy. And what happened after the study was over? So after the study was over, because it started with I did a week in the hospital on a liquid diet and then they did muscle biopsies and and then I did the thing and then they put me back in and then they kind of released us out into the wild. And so I had dropped about 45 or 50 pounds. And I was like, well, I think I'm just going to keep doing this for a while because I had seen really good results. So they called me a year later and they're like, we're bringing people back in. What's your weight at now? And uh, just to do like a follow up study. And so I told them what my weight was at the time. And they were like, "Uh, "Okay, never mind. You're good. We don't need you. And I was like, is it good? But I hadn't gained the weight back. And and they were surprising. Yeah, You're and probably I, the only person they and I asked and they were like, well, we only want people that gain the weight back. And I was like, oh, and I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, 
how many people have kept the weight off? And they were like, well, so far, you're the first. And so <laughs> then they, it. And yeah. they called me back like two weeks later and they were like, the doctor wants you back in because he's just curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, and I was like, he's never well, seen a specimen quite like right. this. Did you come in and meet with the doctor? <laughs> and he's like, and so, but it paid. So I was like, okay, I'll go back in, and, you know, let you do him another muscle biopsy for 800 bucks. But yeah, and so I kept all that off until my mom got really sick. And she was like in and out of a coma and stuff for three months. Oh, and yeah. I'm and, so sorry. and so every time she I, like I would leave the hospital, I'd be like, it's nine o'clock at night. Like, ah, I'm just going to go to KFC. And so then I put yeah. on a bunch, put on not all of it, but a good chunk of it. And then I went back to what I had been doing about four or five months after she died and lost a bunch and have pretty much kept it off ever since. And that's been going on a decade. But you're not doing the 900 calories and 20 carbs, right? Oh, no, no, no. I tend to keep my carbs, especially when I'm like really trying to lose weight. Like uh, I tend to keep my carbs around 20, but I'll keep my calories. I don't I'm not like super good at counting, but I'm probably that 15, 1800 range. So it's fascinating to me that you're a guy who would do something and even do it more than once that is so deprivational and so challenging, not just physically, but also emotionally, because we have a relationship with food, food is comfort, food is soothing, food, something that we look forward to, like, we have a very complex relationship with food, that you were able to do that multiple times, but that you haven't been able to step on the tread for like a light walk is really interesting to me psychologically. And I just find the food stuff easier. I think it's because the sports stuff and the exercise stuff is intertwined with some family stuff i could be i also feel like the food stuff the, to me the, the dieting is like i'm removing something from the equation not adding something to the equation sure that makes that sense makes, yeah so i yeah. you know how does this end up about me <laughs> yeah <laughs> look, at look i think it's fascinating to me you know that you have this block and that kind of over time that you've even allowed it to continue that you have a wife who's so into fitness that you guys have this podcast together, but yet you've resisted is really interesting to me. I think so too. (laughs) I guess it's a unique dynamic. I think he might be a bit stubborn as well. Yeah. Like that might be a tiny bit a little bit at play. And so, but do you, you're pretty do stubborn. Do you push too. him to exercise? I don't, not at all. I don't because he That's is so good. stubborn and I yeah. just think it would not be good for our relationship. I mean, I, agree. I, I would support it. I would support it. Absolutely. Yeah. I have no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he has, he has this feeling yeah. about exercise and about doing anything around the house that's like fixing things. I'm, I'm the same he way about fixing. Out. Like I can't, I <laughs> yeah. don't change my oil or wiper blades. Like I don't know how yeah. to do any of that stuff. And when I do, it's awful. It's an all-day project because I. I'm it's, just, it, yeah. I find it funny because Tom is like the most cool and collected person, and except when he's yeah. not, like he just like he's got yeah. two switches about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And if that switch ever breaks, God help us because I can't. Well, fix you know it. what? That's what a handyman's for. <laughs> Precisely. Can't get on the treadmill for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's funny when you were talking about your best friend uh, yeah. does makeup. My best friend does like handyman work he completely remodeled our basement and like yeah so whenever there's a project like that i'm like well let me call nick nick will do it it's a good dynamic yes because i sure as hell can't yeah and actually you know on on the diet from one other thing that i also 
love about Robin is that she's vegan, that she's plant-based and that she talks about it. Yeah. To me is amazing. I mean, I've been vegan for 10 years and I've been vegetarian since I was 10 years old, which is longer than I'd like to admit. But to me, it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself. So vegetarian at 10, is that a choice you made or was that your household? I saw a documentary that showed the slaughterhouses and I saw the cows in cages where they couldn't move. I saw the baby cows being taken from the mommy cows to be killed and made into veal. And I just saw that at 10 and said, that's cruel. And I don't want to contribute to that system. And I don't think I can eat this. Like it has a face, it has a mommy, it has a heartbeat. And I I can't do that. And I went into the kitchen and my mom was like, Oh, you ready? You want to have a burger tonight? I said, Yeah, no, I don't think I can do that anymore. She was like, Well, tell me more. My mom had been vegetarian before she was pregnant with me. And then I guess the doctor in those days, they didn't know better. Her doctor said, Oh, you have to eat meat while you're pregnant. And she did and then had kind of gone back to eating meat. And when I became vegetarian, she became vegetarian with me. And then 10 years ago, I went vegan because I started to really learn about how the dairy industry contributes to the pain and suffering of animals and how it's those dairy cows that they are keeping pregnant to produce the milk that are giving birth. And then their girl cows, the baby girls are being turned into milk cows and the baby boys are being turned into veal. And I was like, whoa, I don't, I don't want to contribute to that system. And I also started reading just about the health of it that we have bought into this misconception that has been created by money makers that milk does a body good and that it gives us calcium. And actually, all the studies show that it's the reverse. The countries that drink more milk and eat more dairy have more osteoporosis and have more problems. And that milk is actually not a good way to get that calcium. Well, a lot of that food pyramid stuff that they came up with in the 40s or whatever was was because, like, what do we have the most of that we need yeah. to unload? And also, what companies are making money and will profit off of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's shocking. I read a book called Food Revolution when I went vegan, and it was shocking to me to learn about the truth behind food and what our bodies need and what they don't, you know, to me. That was a great book. And also the ethics of eating really helped me kind of look at the ethical side of food and kind of cruelty and animals. And, you know, that for me, it was very eye opening. You know, my favorite book on the plant based side these days is Proteinaholic that's written by Dr. Garth Davis. And it's such a phenomenal book. He is a weight loss surgeon who had put on a bunch of weight and he ended up, he gets a call from, he at the time was living in Texas, and he got a call from some magazine saying like, hey, we're doing a feature, we, you know, we would love to write about you and do some photos. Can you tell like, where do you usually exercise? And he says in the book, like, I hadn't exercised in years. But I said, Oh, you know, I used to go up and down the stairs at the stadium. So he said, Oh, you know, I do the stairs. So they meet him there. He does this photo shoot, he goes up and down the stairs once or twice and realizes he's going to throw up that he's out of shape. So he makes this excuse. He says, I, I have a patient that's having an emergency. I got to go. He leaves and he throws up. And he, at the time, was engaged to his wife and he went to get life insurance. And the doctor who gave him an exam said, like, your cholesterol, so how you have, they did an eye exam and they said, you have cholesterol in your eyes. Like, 
he was a mess. He had IBS. He, he like he was just falling apart. And so he is an obsessive researcher and he started to research what are the diets in the whole world where people live the longest. And he started out, he studied the blue zones, which Dan Buettner wrote that examines where do people live the longest. And then he started looking at all the different kinds of diets and Mediterranean and vegetarian and vegan. And ultimately, he decided to go vegan because he felt that the studies and the research pointed to that that's what makes people live the longest. And he ended up going off of all of his IBS medication. He ended up losing a ton of weight. He has so much energy that he now does like triathlons and marathons and stuff like that. And it's a great book. I love his book because it's such a great combination of sharing stories about himself and his experience as a weight loss doctor, but also about like really concrete research about diet and health and longevity. Wow. Interesting. That's really fascinating. I always always think about being a vegan or vegetarian, and I can't even not eat chocolate. So I just don't know how people... There's vegan chocolate. Look, I come from a no deprivation mindset. My app is called No More Diets for a reason. It's based on my doctoral dissertation. The thing that helped me get over my eating disorder was not depriving myself. And so... In this day and age, Ben and Jerry's has vegan ice cream. Like there's vegan chocolate, there's vegan cheese, there's vegan burgers. Like, and look, that's not the healthiest food, but it's a lot better than some of the alternatives. But you don't have to be deprived if you're vegan at all. I mean, this day and age, like I, there is not a single food that I could think of at this point that I haven't been able to find that I love the vegan version of. Interesting. It is. I've heard so many good things about that Impossible Burger. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. It's really good. And they now they have it at Fat Burger. They have it at Burger King, Carl's Jr. Like it's all over now, everywhere. Because I am a meat guy. You are a meat guy. I I know. Yeah. I know she doesn't want to hear that, but when I was talking low carb, she had to know what that meant. Yeah. She's yeah. Well, but, but I mean, there, there are great vegan meat options. You know, Gardein, their chicken is fantastic. I mean, there, there are just so many great options. Beyond Burger also is really good as well. Tofurky, their sausages, like there are just so many really great options. I have done a lot of reading about the fact that they feel like meat these days can increase your chances of cancer cells growing. And so that has been of concern to me because just about everybody in my family has died from cancer of one kind or another. So I really I I am cognizant of that. I, I haven't stopped eating all animal products. I still eat eggs and I still have like some meat, but it's mostly you've, but chicken. You've drastically, drastically cut down. reduced. Yeah, yeah. And, that's you know, great. Like, if we go out to eat, it's like a black bean burger instead yeah. of a burger. And on the rare occasion oh, you, you do eat a burger, when you're done, you're like, oh, why did I eat that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen the documentary Game Changers? No, um, I haven't seen that no. one. Oh, you have to see it. It's so good. <laughs> it, it's it is a documentary that is about they look at these top, top athletes, like NFL football players, Olympic gold medalists, runners, swimmers, ultra marathoners, like super, super athletes, the best of the best. And they look at, they talk about vegan diet and plant-based diet and kind of how it affects performance. And it's quite fascinating. And there's even a really interesting thing where they have these three NFL players 
have them eat meat and then measure their erections while they sleep <laughs> after they eat meat versus after they eat, I forget if it was Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger, but it was like a meat substitute. And the amount of blood flow that these guys had compared to when they ate meat was like, off the charts like all of these guys were like i'm never touching meat again like i I am ready to conquer but it was really amazing and a lot of these football teams a lot of these guys are are going vegan i just think that i have to have a major mind shift of like you said food is a real like there's a relationship with food that it's comfort food and i I just I enjoy so many things that I grew up with that there's like this comfort food piece to it that I just don't know that I can like I can't I'm not great at eating the things I know I should today. So I (laughs) it scares me to even think about like, okay, well, now we're going to add even more things that you can't eat. Like at some point, I I think if you think that way for sure, because then it becomes deprivational. Yeah. But if you instead are saying, you know, I'm going to try instead of having chicken, I'm going to try a garden chicken instead and see what that's like. And if I like it. But how do I'm you gonna, do that when when you travel or when you're with like, surely there's somebody you visit that doesn't necessarily eat the way you do. How do you approach that? In the decade that I have been vegan, I have never once had a problem. Wow. And I have to say, but that's entirely accurate. When I first started, it was more difficult than now. Now, it's so easy. I mean, first of all, you know, you can always get pasta and vegetables, you can always get rice, you can always get like, you can always get a salad, like they're just, it's easy. But also now most places have the Impossible Burger, they have Beyond yeah. Burger, they have all these things. I have an app that's called Happy Cow. And I live when I travel, I live for this app because it tells you every vegan, vegetarian, and veg-friendly restaurant and store within the vicinity. And people write reviews, they post pictures. I've used it in Rome. I've used it all over the world. I'm actually going to be going to Australia to do a speaking engagement. Wow. And I'll be using it there. But it makes it so easy. I have friends that have used it in Russia, Japan, Africa. So it really, it's so not difficult to be vegan now. It's just, it's really easy. I will say this as a mediator, that I think that as the meat substitutes get better and easier to access and taste more like the real thing, I do think that 100 years or 150 years from now, the thing that those generations will look back on us on and be like, what is wrong with those people? It totally. will, will be the yeah. meeting. I do I think agree. that. Like- and when you look at the studies, when you look at things like the China study, which is one of the longest longitudinal studies of diet and all of these health risks that everything over and over again says that meat and dairy have been linked to cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure. And these are like the top three killers in this country. And, you know, to me, it's about self-care. And it's also about there's so many good options to replace things by like, you have to change your mindset to be open to them. But when you taste them, like, they're really good options. Well, you've made a very compelling case. I'm going (laughs) to have to do some more research. Uh, One of my coworkers is uh, he's not vegan, but he's heavily vegetarian close i mean yeah he's he doesn't he doesn't eat much that's animal byproduct at all he's vegish yeah yeah Yeah. well actually my friend kathy freston wrote a book called vegan ish 
And, you know, one of the things that I love about her is that she has a very gentle approach to going vegan. She very much believes in leaning in, starting with a meatless Monday, starting with saying like, hey, I'm not going to eat pigs and then see how that goes. And then maybe you say, okay, I'm not going to eat lamb. Like that you kind of add animal by animal and that she has a very gentle approach and that she really believes in that you don't want to be too all or nothing because for some people that's just not going to work. And so for a lot of people, that's a great approach. And she's written a number of fantastic books. She did Oprah's Vegan Challenge. She's very, very well known in the the vegan community because she's someone who really brought it mainstream. And a big part of how she was able to do that is because she has such a gentle approach. So many great resources. Yeah, no kidding. And I love how you can just say this stuff right off the top of your head. Like, you know, the books they wrote, you know, what they're about. I'm a bit obsessive. (laughs) When, When something interests me, that I go all the way. That's awesome. Speaking of, have you been out to Peloton? Have you been to the headquarters and taken rides in studio? I have not, but I am dying to. Maddie and Olivia and I were talking about homecoming this year, and I'm contemplating going. You should go. It's a good time. Yeah. It is a good time. We yeah. will be there. So if you if you go, will you let us know? Because I would love For to meet sure. you in purpose, in yeah. person. <laughs> sure. I would love that. I would love that. And I can I can nag Tom in person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I promise you there are plenty of people there who do. Yeah, we could all gang yeah. up on him. It'll be fun. <laughs> so, Tom, let me ask you, if I, if I go to Peloton, New York, would you get on a treadmill with me? I, how upset would Crystal be if after all this time of me saying no to her, I said yes to you? I you're bet you're supposed to make marriages she, stronger. She wants you there for the longevity. <laughs> I bet you that she would that she'd okay it. Right, Crystal? I would. I would. What See? Is this there about? you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know baby if I can steps, make it this Tom, year. Baby steps. <laughs> this is this is the key. She just said walk, Tom. She didn't say you had to take a just run. Walk. And then I get done no and it's an impossible yeah, I, burger. I, actually, I know how look, this goes. If you were my client in therapy and you came in talking about this, I'd be like, you are banned from running. You are not allowed to run. Like under oh, no circumstance should smart. you be running. That's smart. She's got you pegged. <laughs> Tell you what you can't do. G- gentle, gentle walk. That's it. Like don't go faster than a 2.0. Oh, wow. Nothing too fast. Don't break wow. a sweat. I don't just think I'd be able be to. They don't, they don't have classes like that during homecoming. <laughs> She's yeah, just saying you, get on a tread. Yeah, you just get on the tread. You just you just walk a little. See what happens. <laughs> let, let go of the childhood <laughs> trauma and walk slow. Do your thing. Wow, you know? you're making him squirm. I know. Well, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be I have to pee. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, so you can do it while giving the finger to the football team. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to tell us, do you feel comfortable telling us your leaderboard name so that uh, people can follow you? You know what? I don't like I kind of keep mine private sure. and I only Absolutely. follow and follow back to people I know personally. Totally. Um, but I post on my social media about my workouts and who I've taken and like in my Insta stories, I, at this point I post pretty much every day uh, <laughs> showing what classes I've taken and, you know, people will message me and be like, Hey, you know, I really like that class or, you know, that kind of thing. Well, tell people where where all those things are so they can find them. Yeah, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, 
Facebook at Dr. Jen Mann, D-R-J-E-N-N-M-A-N-N. So two N's on Jen, two N's on man. Okay. And then we always ask this question, but I feel like you will have extra good thoughts on this. Oh, the pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for people just starting out? Yes, I have lots of advice for people starting out. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> I know, I almost added, yeah. but not for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say be gentle, start slow. I would say experiment with different instructors in different classes. I am really adamant and, and like obsessive with people who are new exercisers about setting really small manageable goals. The biggest, the number one mistake I see people who are starting out exercising make is too much too fast, especially around New Year's. Oh, I'm going to work out seven days a week for an hour a day. No, don't. Like, don't even set that goal that you're going to get injured. You're going to hate it. It's going to be horrible. Start with 20 minutes. I'm going to walk for 20 minutes once a week. When you accomplish that goal for a couple weeks, add in another second 20 minutes once a week. Build with really small achievable goals because the thing is that when we set goals and we don't meet them, we start to think of ourselves as someone who doesn't keep our word to ourselves, And that is incredibly destructive for us. So what you want to do is set those small manageable goals, build on them and start to build on your view of yourself as I'm someone who keeps my commitments to myself. I'm someone who meets my goals. And then it opens up so much to you. And the other thing is, I, is in the beginning, don't expect to love it. Like most things in life, tolerating discomfort is the key to ultimate success. You know, when so I true. started running again, when I got that tread and I, I got it going, oh, you know, I'll walk, oh, you know, maybe I'll do a little running. But what got me to where I am now, which I've come a very, very long way. Now I can do an hour class and I can follow what the instructor says. In the beginning, 20 minutes was a struggle. And it was a struggle at a 5.0. And now I can do hills and I can go faster and I can do all kinds of things. And the only way that I got there was tolerating discomfort and being willing to work through that. And I I believe in that, not just with exercise, but in, in life. Yes, yes, including emotional discomfort. <laughs> totally, totally. As Tom has experienced the emotional discomfort of this interview with me. <laughs> I have Tom, never seen him squirm. To the other side. <laughs> My goal in life is to have Tom on a treadmill at 2.0 or slower. <laughs> if you do, we're going to have to ask John Foley to be present because he was like, Tom, really, you're never going to get on the bike? And Tom was like, nope. I always tell people, yeah. it's, like, it's like, you don't really want to hear Harpo Marx talk. You think you do, but you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know what? I will, I will not rest until I see you on a tread at 2.0 or less. Or less, which means not moving is less. You know what? I, I, you know what? Small manageable goals. I'm on a treadmill with I stood it on it once. Stand on it for one minute and, and I'll be... I, look, that's how you start. 
Wow. Awesome. Yeah. She's she's not going to let this I go. I see that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, damn, I wish I never gave that bitch our number. <laughs> like, oh, it's Dr. Jen again. Tom, it's for you. <laughs> oh. Well, th- thank you so much for taking time out of your, I'm sure, busy day. Yes. To thank join you. us. You've been great. Yes. It is my pleasure. This was so much fun. And it's, you know, it's so much fun to get to talk Peloton with other Peloton nerds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Totally. I am here you for know? you anytime. And, and my, <laughs> poor Eric, I, I come, I'm like, let me tell you about my run with Olivia. And he's so sweet. And he's such a good part. And he's like, yeah, I want to hear all about it. But it's like, <laughs> it's a whole other thing when you talk to someone else who's like, oh, yeah, I did this run with Olivia. And like, Oh yeah, what do you think about this one with Maddie? And oh, have you checked out this? And you know, it's really exciting and fun. So I love doing this and I really appreciate you guys having me on. This has been fabulous. Thank you so much. Who I think that should have counted as a workout for me. <laughs> well, it doesn't. <laughs> I haven't sweated that hard in a long time. <laughs> She sure put the screws to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. It was. It was. I really enjoyed uh, hearing her insight on so many topics. That was really great. Absolutely. So uh, who, uh, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Another fabulous interview coming up. Amy Farber. Uh, she is a member of Sober Writers, and she is going to talk to us all about that. And I can't wait to hear not only her story, but how much that she loves and respects the sober writers, what that does to for the community and how they interact. Awesome. Well, until then, where can people find you? People can find me at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram or Twitter on the bike. And of course, the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at Facebook.com slash The Clip Out while you're there. Like the page, join the group. <laughs> and of course, uh, don't forget to leave a review in any of the myriad of places you can do that. And uh, subscribe to our newsletter at theclipout.com. And remember, we say Peloton correctly now. Yes. Only for like the last 136 episodes. <laughs> so that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running. And running.